Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title, the podcast. This is your host, Keyshawn Rains, and today's guest is someone that I was introduced to years ago, and at the time that we met, I did not know that we would have what is best described as a kindred connection, maybe because we're both cancers, maybe because we have a lot in common when I think about our stories and our journeys, or maybe because I just have set the intention to have the right people placed in my life at the right time. And I can definitely say that today's guest is someone that continues to inspire me as she walks in her purpose as she stands firmly in her vision and allows her gifts to unfold in a way that is positively impactful on the world and the community that she serves. I am a firm believer in promoting and sharing the gifts of other people in a way that will bring more attention to them. I believe that everyone has a purpose and everyone has a gift and everyone has something very special and unique to offer this world and when I witness someone taking what I consider to be a very brave step in the direction of their dreams I applaud them I celebrate them and I do my best to be able to share that experience with other people when I asked her to be a guest on the podcast I was eager for today I was eager for this conversation to happen and I had so many questions I wanted to ask the beautiful thing is because the conversation went so well that we didn't even get to everything that we wanted to talk about but I hope that what is being shared today that even a small piece of it will serve as inspiration for someone who might even be thinking about exploring the path of entrepreneurship and I hope that something can be taken from this conversation that serves as fuel for you the listener to continue to move in the direction of your dreams and to continue to take steps no matter what to make sure that you are putting every amount of energy and effort required in order to see your life turn out the way that you want it so I invite you to get comfortable sit back and take a couple of long deep cleansing breaths Listen in as I chat with Lanicia Vicnair. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello. Hello there. Yay. Uh, first, we're just going to start with an introduction for the listeners. Um, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are what you stand for, and what you are most passionate about right now. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, my name is Lanisa McNair, also known as Coach Lala V. I am a serial entrepreneur. Um, I currently own a gym named Thrive Health Lab in View Park, California, and I am most passionate about helping others see their greatness and achieve their goals, whether that's, you know, physically at the gym, mentally with, oh, I can do this financially and just meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What are some of the things you do to get you out of bed each morning? 
I just hop out of bed. Uh, no. <laughs> just magic. Just like, boop, every day. No, seriously, I've always been that person. Like, I've, not, okay. I've never been that person to lay in bed. My alarm clock goes off and I pop up mm. and I go straight okay. to the bathroom. Um, I guess not everybody's like that. And I learned that as I got older. I was like, oh, so people just lay in the bed, um, which could be part of the reason why I'm an entrepreneur. I just, I feel guilty if I lay in the bed. It could, mm. be a, it could be a gift and a curse. I'm learning how to do the whole me time thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like, okay, I got to get up. I'm wasting the day. I'm up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think that's a cancer thing. <laughs> uh, I think that we, because I'm the same way, I wake up before the alarm because my body thinks that it's supposed to wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day. I don't know why. Um, but I'm the same way. When an alarm goes off, I feel like that's my last chance. Like, okay, get up. This You should have been up a long time ago and often wake up with that feeling of like, what did I miss? You know what I mean? What could I, right. what could I possibly have done in the last five minutes that I did? Snooze, if I do snooze for the eight minutes right. um, and stay in bed a little bit longer. But once your feet hit the floor, what are some rituals or practices that you do each day? Rituals and practices, other than go to the restroom first. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's usually what wakes yes. me up to. Um, yeah. I have gotten into the habit uh, before I go to bed, you want to know about that too, or no? Just when I wake up, <laughs> you can whatever you like. Whatever well, because I've been doing this new thing because I've been having issues sleeping and decompressing before I go to bed. So I start mm-hmm. doing like um, that free app Calm, and oh, I listen yeah. to that as I go to sleep because it kind of helps me, like I guess, unwind my body. Otherwise, I toss and turn all night. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I wake up, I'm not gonna lie, I don't do it every day because mm-hmm. some days I wake up at four in the morning so I can get to the gym and open it. But if I'm not, I make an active effort to open up my Bible app first and mm. read uh, one of my Bible plans. Um, and then I usually go straight into my business app for the gym and I see <laughs> what sales happen while I was asleep. <laughs> I like and that. Usually I wake up to text messages. So I have a lot of friends on the East Coast. Um, Even if I get to sleep in to six in the morning, I have staff that opens at five in the morning. So sometimes I wake up to messages or um, I definitely do not open up Instagram, though. I'll go to an email first before I go to Instagram. (laughs) But those are my rituals. It's kind of like I wake up if I pick up my phone. Sometimes I try to wait to pick up my phone because Mm -hmm. once I pick up my phone, it's a whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's common. I was listening to a podcast the other day um, and they were talking about how taking the pause before we unplug is imperative for, you know, self-care for Mm -hmm. any period of time, because that feeling of my business is basically an extension of myself. And if I unplug Mm -hmm. from my business, then what will it do without me? What's something that you do to unplug? little small things I try to make an active effort in doing I fail sometimes at it it just is what it is but that's why you practice it my phone (laughs) across the room when I'm ready to start unwinding um Mm. at one point I had it on a do not disturb mode uh, Mm -hmm. because my phone was just going off at all hours and I was like I cannot live my life like this like you just have to wait for me to be in for work (laughs) or just in for me ready to talk to you I think one of the issues with today today's society is that everything is just so instant instagram uh snapchat is that even around still i don't know i'm not on i think so emails <laughs> but like everybody's like oh i called you 
oh, I text you. I know, but I was in a movie. Can I enjoy a one and a half hour without texting somebody? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be at your beck and call. Um, But I would say to unplug, I do that. Sundays, I definitely um, make an active effort to stay off my phone in general. I don't even like to be on Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. What else do I do to unplug? I watch mindless TV or sci-fi just so I can just be like, oh, uh, i tell you what not to do. Don't watch Black Mirror before you go to bed because you're like, whoa, this can all really happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would have to agree with you 100%. Black Mirror mm-hmm. is a free. It's, I love sci-fi because I love like the Twilight Zone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Black Mirror is a great show, but it's definitely not too close to home. For, it's close to home because it's like de- like, did you see the most recent season? Like yes. with Miley Cyrus yes. and the whole vibe? Yes. I was like, oh my god. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an intense show. And mm-hmm. I, and I agree that unplugging is, um, unplugging in the evening decompression rituals, rising rituals. I think that they're a goal, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that just like any other goal, and you can relate to this as far as like working in health and fitness, it's like clients set a goal, members set a goal. And sometimes there's a lot of moments in between where they fall short. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that we just, as people as human beings have to be gentle with ourselves enough to know like okay I fell short and that just means I get to go back to zero and start over again or start from where I am Mm -hmm. but to be gentle you know with yourself along the way Mm -hmm. um I want to know what brought you into the mindset of entrepreneurship how did you know that was going to be your path I've known it since I was a kid um I grew up um of course, everybody has two sides of a family, right? So I have mm-hmm. my father's side, which is very involved. They're all in the county or the city or I would call it very um, stable jobs. They know mm-hmm. what they're getting paid. They have great retirement accounts and so on and so forth. Then mm-hmm. I have my mother's side and my mother's side is strictly entrepreneurs for the most part. I have a couple that work for the city, but other than that, everybody has always I've always seen entrepreneurship, even if they had a full-time job, Um, Mm -hmm. starting with my great-grandmother. She was the seamstress for Sunny and Cher. She had her own seamstress shop and her own clothing store. Um, She was basically the breadwinner of the house. And then Mm -hmm. my granny, watching her, uh, she used to work at Hertz, but then she had opened up her own clothing store, store called Nina's Closet when I was like in elementary, and I used to help her work the front and like ring up client and just seeing her still have that, even though she had a full-time job. Um, Mm -hmm. And then of course, my biggest influence is my own mother. So my mother has always been an entrepreneur since I've been born. Um, Basically she said, I I was born, I was in her arms and she was like, I got to figure something out. She had like a job here and there, but nothing like really stable. And Mm -hmm. she decided to try to do my great grandmother's taxes. And after she did my great grandmother's taxes, she said to herself, if I can do her taxes, I can do anyone's taxes. So from that <laughs> point forward, she became um, a tax accountant. And she's been doing it since 1984. So um, a little bit over 35 years. Wow. And um, now she has other things on her plate, other certifications. Uh, mm-hmm. She does real estate. She does um, insurance. Uh, my aunt who was her sister also started her own business as well she imports wine from South Africa so I was never a stranger to seeing I guess what it took to be an entrepreneur and what that Mm -hmm. all entailed I think nowadays people think entrepreneur is this beauty world and I knew Mm -hmm. from 
a baby that I knew it wasn't. I was watching my mom fall asleep with the computer on her lap, still mm. fully dressed. She wouldn't get home to 10 at night. I would help cook or she'll be like, you want some Taco Bell or even though we don't do Taco Bell anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, and then also being a kid, I value the fact I always went to very diverse schools. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. being the only three black kids in an honor class. And my mm. mom was literally like the spokesperson for all the African-Americans that would go to diverse schools. And the reason why she was able to be the spokesperson for the kids being bussed in was because she was an entrepreneur and she can come up to the school and support us and make sure that we were represented. And if there was any issues with kids, she would go up there and be like, hey, what's wrong with that kid? I know his mother. And she said, mm. <laughs> so I, for me, I wanted to be able to live my own lifestyle, make my own hours. Mm-hmm and be there and create a lifestyle that when I was ready to build a family that I could be there and be that PTA mom uh, and yeah. be able to like lead from example. So, yeah. And I, I realized as I got older, I have an issue with people telling me what to do at the, at the end of the day. Girl. I'll keep it real. Like, mm. it's kind of like, okay, cool. But why are you telling me what to do? I, I literally remember working for a fortune 500 company and I won't mm-hmm. say who they are, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to have your regular work days. And I started like six in the morning. I was supposed to be done, I think, by four or three or something. But sometimes mm-hmm. I could finish earlier. And I remember I had an argument, a few arguments with my boss, basically talking about, um, well, you have to do A, B, and C to get to D. No, you had to get A, B, and C to get to E or whatever. And I was that person, well, I got to A and I'm at E. So what's the problem? Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I, I learned how to work smarter, not harder. And I felt like sometimes that was my gripe with my bosses is like mm, mm-hmm. okay well why do I have to sit here for all these hours when I produce work faster than these other people they're just sitting here not doing anything so why am I being punished <laughs> like so right, that's how I, right. knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur like I don't have to sit and work these grueling hours where people feel like you got to work all day and all night no I just know how to work get it done within an hour I need to get done and then keep it pushing to the next thing <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I, I agreed wholeheartedly. I, I read this book um, probably like three or four years ago called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by this author named T. Harv Ecker. He's like this Canadian dude. And within the first like couple chapters of the book, he talks about this concept of when you're creating wealth or you have the desire to create wealth, generational wealth in particular, that you have to shift your mindset from being paid for your time to being paid for your results because your results is ultimately what is an extension of you. That's what your brand is built on is the results that you create for people, whether it's a product that you create Mm -hmm. or a service that you create Mm -hmm. being paid for your time is limited. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause there's only so many hours in the Mm -hmm. day and there's only so many hours in a quote unquote, like traditional work Mm -hmm. week that to be chained to a desk or to be chained to an office that says you have to sit here for these eight hours in order for us to pay you this salary mm-hmm. and this is all we're going to pay you. That's mm-hmm. it. When we decide that our budget is capped, we're not going to pay you anymore. Right. And we don't care how if you stay longer, mm-hmm. we're only going to pay you so much overtime, et cetera, et cetera. That was my experience as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got my first job when I was 15 at Taco Bell. Actually. <laughs> hey, uh, that was hey I, do, I do like a burrito <laughs> supreme with no beans. Don't, don't. Girl, I mean, on occasion. <laughs> but, but yeah, my first job was when I was 15 years old. So mm-hmm. after working for over two decades mm-hmm. was when I started to get to the point where I was like, maybe this working for someone else thing is Mm -hmm. not really for me. And I had not 
necessarily witness any family members with the exception of one family member that actually became an entrepreneur and was able to make a career from that. But everybody else that I knew, all the other adults, most of my peers all went the very traditional route of high school, college, job, you know, and some of them have really great jobs, you know, and some of them are really passionate and love their jobs. But for me, that was never my path. And I felt like I knew that taking the leap you know, of faith was really what it was, but taking the leap of faith to say, I'm going to walk away from this job with this big ass company mm-hmm. and this big ass name, because mm-hmm. something in my spirit tells me that I'm here to do much more. Honey, so honey. Girl, okay. <laughs> I did that same fortune 500 company that I speak of. I will not say their name. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it is mm-hmm. a great company for other people, but I felt like I was making a rich, mm-hmm. richer and a poor, poor. I, exactly. I remember waking up and that's how I knew I needed to leave. I would wake up crying. So I'll be like, I don't want to mm-hmm. go to work. And I'm not that type of person. I'm like, I do not want to go to work. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I did what I had to do. Um, but I did want to touch upon how you're talking about paying for time. And as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's one of your questions about the value of your time. And you may you yes. have had this issue that because you produce something so quickly, somebody's like, well, it only took you an hour to do it. So I should pay you this. No, you're not paying for how long it took me to do it. You're paying me for my skill set that it only took me an hour to do it. And I just, (laughs) girl. No, that's real. That's real. And that's, and that's part of the reason why I'm like, don't keep your eye on my calendar. Just keep your eye on your checkbook. Cause that's all you need to worry about. Don't worry about how long it took me. That's not, it's none of your business. Cause, cause what I have to remind people, and I've dealt with that too, because you know, as an entrepreneur, something that I've gotten very comfortable with is the idea that I have skill sets that go across different fields. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I'm a, yo- a yoga certified instructor and meditation coach. Yes, I also do life coaching. I also have a legal background. I'm a certified paralegal. I also do business consulting. Mm-hmm. So depending on what I'm doing, specifically when it comes to like legal document preparation, mm-hmm. people think, oh, all you have to do is fill this out and check these boxes. So why do I have to pay you $250 for this form? Mm-hmm. Because you couldn't do it. Right. That's why. I did not know so, that about you. <laughs> oh, girl, yeah, I got all kinds of skills. But here, here's um, what I like to say about that, too, because I, be, I try to mm-hmm. encourage people who are trying to think about being an entrepreneur and it doesn't happen overnight. Even though I did not want to be at that Fortune 500 500 company anymore and like these other jobs that I was just like uh this is not what I'm supposed to be doing I will say that that set me up for what I'm doing now like me Absolutely. me working in retail I know how to work the retail at my gym you know and merchandise that because I had to do that when I worked at Z Gallery are like mm-hmm. doing other things that were customer related or how to forecast that's what I used to do for like one of the fortune 500 companies I worked for like and how to fill orders and do stuff like that like All of that prepared me for where I am today. So I definitely don't regret anything I've done or been through. Um, But I just like you, I've been working since I was 15 too. I'm kind of like, "Ah." exactly. And, and I, and I agree. And that's, and I, I appreciate you for pointing that out too, because um, I've had a couple of guests, new guests on the podcast this season who are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who are still working a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And that's where this idea of like side hustle versus entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. are they the same thing or do they kind of coincide with each other? And I think some people um, are still at a, at a stage of entrepreneurship where they're not sure. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm thinking about leaving this full-time job Mm -hmm. and I want to pursue this side hustle. And I want the side hustle to become a profitable business. And I don't even know where to begin. What would you say to somebody like that? Faith. If you, uh, whatever faith you believe in, if you don't have something to stand on and believe in a higher power that's going to push you through, like, what is it that's going to 
make you wake up and grind to be an entrepreneur because just like you're not going to a job and just sitting there to twiddle your thumbs, you have to produce your income. So if you don't wake up hungry to do what you're going to do, you're not going to get through it. But I, I will say this. So I've, I've had this gym for a total of three months. I've had a gym for three years in total. Um, mm-hmm. But this is my first time in, let's see, for a whole, what are we in now? What, what month are we in? July? Okay, we're in July. July. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's say it's almost been a full year for my first time ever in my 35 years, or I guess whenever, how old I was at 15, not having a mm-hmm. side hustle. Like really? I, I've always, even when I opened the gym the first time, mm-hmm. I I always had a side hustle. I always had something bringing me extra income, whether that was helping my aunt build her website and getting a stipend every month from that, whether it was doing a task rabbit on the side, working mm-hmm. a nightclub uh, and doing what I need to do. Uh, I will say I was literally just talking to somebody too that's trying to figure out what it is she's going to do with her business. She has what it takes to be an entrepreneur. But just mm-hmm. like everybody else, you're kind of like, well, do I want to really leave this steady income? But you'll mm-hmm. never be able to put in what you need to put in. And what I told her was, you know, when I was working my full-time jobs, I knew where I was, wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I just kept hustling, doing my side hustles. A lot of my businesses before the gym were things that were more of my passion. But I okay. I still didn't feel like that was what I was supposed to be doing. But I still was working mm-hmm. towards it. Um, but in my back of my mind, I always knew where my full-time job was just a means to get by. That was not where I was going to invest all my energy. So I still right. was investing energy in networking meeting new people, creating relationships, because you never know who's watching you, watching your work ethic, watching what you're doing. Um, right. But I would just say, if you don't have faith, you, you're going to fail because there's so many days where you feel like, I want to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to quit right now. And then you have to remember like, okay, well, why am I here? What am I doing? Okay, this is my purpose. So for, for me, for the gym, like it, it wasn't my passion at mm-hmm. first, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. um, my my purpose was how do I say it easily my purpose became my passion so I come from a hello uh-huh I'm here. oh I come from a very um obese family on my dad's side and um my purpose was to try to help them um become better but I I didn't know how like I didn't go to mm-hmm. college for that I went to college mm-hmm. for something else I was like okay well maybe if I learn how to eat right or maybe if I learn how to work out people without injuries and et cetera and et cetera then I can do what I need to do to help them because I know they will never go to no regular gym because who wants mm-hmm. to go to a regular gym, right? So mm-hmm. that turned into my passion and then just the whole ability to be able to help people and meet people where they are and just let them know, like, you know, it's okay. Um, when mm-hmm. you were in school, I know you went to Howard. Woo, ain't you? Mm-hmm. Um, which you I know. see all the oh, time You weren't now. ready for that. I wasn't ready I, for that. I didn't, I didn't, you got to pause. So whenever you pause. know HU, just... we naturally by habit say, you know, <laughs> okay. whether or not you went to Howard or not. So if you say <laughs> Howard, that's different. But if you say HU, we always go, you know. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I will be more aware of that now. Yeah. Uh, so because... always take a take a polite pause. take a polite pause to make room for that i understand yes. great i yes. i receive that lesson i will be sure because i do not want to offend anybody um but no i like that you mentioned that because i think that that's something that a lot of people you know kind of step into like the awareness of the thing that i was passionate about when i went to college was x like i went to college with the intention of becoming claire huxtable i wanted to be an attorney <laughs> I was like, I 
I'm going to be Claire Huxtable. I'm going to wear suits and carry a briefcase. And I'm going to work in a lot of and check my husband and check my husband right it's like that's what I'm gonna do and it's minus the five kids uh but I was like I want that life and that's what I wanted so when I was in high school I was in like pre-law and mock trial and was gonna be an attorney and that was the whole vision I went to school major in criminology and Mm -hmm. philosophy that was my whole plan Mm -hmm. and then I took the LSAT and was like oh and then I took uh an internship with the with the county in North Carolina where I went to school with their DA's office. And I was like, and I was like, I don't know if this is really what I want to do because once I got into it, I was like, huh, I was really passionate about this as a kid and as, you know, a young adult. But when I stepped into that career, I realized that being an attorney, specifically a criminal attorney, was not what I wanted to do. And then I switched gears and started exploring civil law and family law. And that's how I, mm-hmm. you know, got certified as a paralegal and was like, wow, this sucks too. Breaking families apart. Uh, oh, I don't want to do this. It didn't <laughs> feel good. You know what I it mean? It didn't feel good. It uh-huh. didn't feel good. And the part of me that was like, I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. I want to help people. I want to empower people. I want to impact them mm-hmm. in a positive way. I want to inspire them. That led me down a whole different road. And Mm -hmm. that's when I ended up where I was. So Mm -hmm. you were sharing a little bit about growing up in a family where one, you know, part of members of your family struggle with obesity and things like that. And that Mm -hmm. you were kind of a person who naturally, I guess, just was able to be more fit and healthy, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Is yeah, that... see, what happened was it's mm-hmm. called genes. So I got my daddy's side, mm. and then I got my mama's side, and both sides are Creole, so we both throw down in the kitchen, and we like to eat. Yes, ma'am. But my mom's <laughs> side is just naturally petite, the man and the women, they're petite. And then my dad's side, they're a little bit larger, mm-hmm. um, but we also, we uh, everything revolves around food, just okay. like most African-American communities. That's right. But our food just happens to be gumbo, jambalaya, <laughs> etouffee. Anything fried, we eat it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Basically, sauces, um, ramalas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I. So what I went to school for, in case anybody cared out there, is interior design, and um, I still love interior design. I still love. I feel like it's a luxury service, and I don't feel like I'm helping someone. Mm-hmm. So like, luckily, mm-hmm. you want to help somebody, but I don't think. Also, in order to be an entrepreneur, that you have to be in the business of I really want to help somebody no. or make a difference. We're just wired a little bit different. Could be because we're cancers. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe. But yeah, and that doesn't mean you're not going to make it if you don't feel like you want to be influential. Um, like, I don't even think of myself as an influential person, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, mm-hmm. Until people hit me up and be like, oh, I do. I'm like, you're watching me? I'm so confused. But I do believe in like leading by example or like, I'm not going to tell somebody to do something I haven't tried, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm just not that person. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. I think a lot of people, when you step out, cause I think it's a big, I tell people all the time, an entrepreneur is a, is a freaking it's an adventure. It is, it is a risk, you know, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, it is not for the faint of heart and it is not, not for the, all. it is not for the weak of mind. Like it's yeah. not, it's really not. And it's not mm-hmm. to discourage anybody who's thinking about it, but taking that step away from the norm, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that a lot of people, you know, have is a traditional job environment. It takes a lot of faith. Like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of faith in yourself. It takes a lot of faith in, you know, your, your creator, whatever that might be mm-hmm. in your practice. Um, if you had to identify your, 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 I guess your platform for faith, the thing that you lean to, the things that you go to when you're having those moments of doubt, what does that look like for you? 
um, both sides of my family are Catholic. I kind of grew up Catholic, but I didn't actually become Catholic until I was in my 20s. My parents wanted me to pick my own religion, but then I still really enjoy non-Catholic church. Mm. Um, and I'm just giving the background as far as like, I'm not an expert in the word. Mm-hmm. nor do I know how to decipher it all the time. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do read the Bible and I read my plans, but honestly, a lot of what um, helps me get through um, and helps me with my faith is my circle. So like I have people mm. like my aunt who is a pastor and she helps, you know, spit the word to me for lack of a better you know, mm-hmm. terminology mm-hmm. and break it down as far as analogies. My best friend constantly is sending me scriptures when like I'm feeling defeated or like I have a lot going on and she'd be like, look, you let God fight your battles. You don't have to worry about nothing. I'm like, mm. all right, you're right. I okay. like that. Um, um, and just really, it's really the people around me um, mm. that help me apply the word to my life, to be honest, because mm. I think I don't know how to apply it sometimes. Um, and I, I don't know if it's because of lack, uh, a lack of, um, confidence as far as like I didn't grow up in the church so I don't mm-hmm. know what I'm doing right um so I I kind of lean on other people go to bible studies you know and um they help me apply the word and I apply the word from that you guys mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying no and that still, makes sense yeah. I still I still read the word I mean because I, I I can't I can't spit scriptures or give you addresses in the book as they say mm-hmm. I, I just have never been that way but I do you know, remember what people tell me or like, I remember scripture as far as like, it's something like something like this in the Bible, but mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. But yeah. you could, you could believe it's favored it in my Bible app. Don't you worry. Yeah, right. <laughs> just to believe I could go research it if necessary, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now I just don't feel like it. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's valuable. I think honestly, the people that are in your circle um, are the most influential people in your life. Someone once told me the five people that you spend the most time with have the most impact on your life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that changes. It could be family. It could be friends. Whoever those five are, your top mm-hmm. five or your fave fives or whatever, mm-hmm. are the people that that really pour the most into you and pour the most mm-hmm. into your life. And if they're people mm-hmm. that are rooted in faith and rooted in mm-hmm. spirituality of any kind, those are going to be the people that are meant to be there to help you translate mm-hmm you know, what's what to help you be able to understand and digest what's what and the way that you understand it and the way that you apply it is always going to be unique to you. But it's necessary for us to have that circle because Mm -hmm. we're not meant to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes entrepreneurs do step out into this world where we're like, I got this. I can do everything myself. Mm -hmm. I could be the president Mm -hmm. of the corporation and I can also be the janitor. I can be the person in charge of marketing and I can also be, you know, the person who's doing all the staffing. Have Mm -hmm. you found that as an entrepreneur in different, you know, fields, the, the gym that you run now or any other ones that you've, that any other fields that you've been in, have you found it easy for you to ask for help as an entrepreneur? Uh, such a difficult question only because uh, let's, where do I want to start with this? Okay. So because the way I'm wired, mm-hmm. I could be a little impatient when it comes to things. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I get it from. It's something I've always worked on. It's literally something I've been praying about since my young 20s. And God has worked on me a lot when it comes to my patience. Mm-hmm. I'm a very long way. But I think that is what, and I'm also a very creative person, um, mm-hmm. just to give background of what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to running any business I've ever ran, most of the time, I do know how to do a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where I go back to like things that you've done in your past set you up for what you're doing now. So, for example, building a website for my businesses, 
Um, that came from me just out of curiosity of wanting to build a website. And now I, and, but also came from high school where I was in a media academy and I learned how to build websites from straight HTML code, Mm -hmm. even though I don't do that now. Like when I build a website now, I'm definitely going to one of those third parties and going through there because it's way easier. Mm -hmm. But like, that was a little taste that I had. I didn't even know that I was going to use later. Um, I come from a creative background, so I was eventually making my first flyers. I My mom does taxes and numbers, so I learned how to do bookkeeping. Now, are these things that I want to continue to do and can I do in order to grow as an individual and grow as a business? No, definitely not, so that I can focus on the books. And then once I get a system in place for that, then I go and move on to the next and hire somebody. Because for me, last thing, I, I guess it's a fear thing, is if, say, somebody that's working on something can no longer do it, and then I'm up a creek without a paddle because I don't know how to do it at all right I like to at least know a little bit of what it is that someone is working on and doing so that if they for some reason get sick or have to leave or whatever I can Mm -hmm. still do what they need to do in the intern um and then I'm just not looking like boo boo the fool you know no that makes total (laughs) sense that makes total sense I mean there's there's when I worked for a large company the person who was in charge of you know our particular team knew how to do everybody's job you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Knew how to do everybody's job, maybe not as an expert, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But knew how to do it proficiently so mm-hmm. that in the event that they needed to step into any of those other roles that they could. Right. I mean, Amazon, one of Amazon's like core values is that no job is too small, which right. means that Jeff Bezos, he may not ever actually do this, but if he mm-hmm. needed to, could get into a truck and deliver yes. a damn box, you know what and I mean? And that's, that's so, how I feel too. I'm definitely big on like, not only leading by example, but working with my people, right? Like, look, I'm going to do this with you. Like I have, I now am blessed to have people on staff that literally be like, law, stop doing this. Let me handle this. And you go over there and do that. And I'm like, you're right. And it's not even a matter of, um, I don't believe in, which could be a fault sometimes for me. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in micromanagement. I Mm -hmm. hate being micromanaged. I don't feel like if I'm going to trust you to do something, I, it's my job to, to, to give you the tools that you need mm-hmm. to know how to do this without me. Like you shouldn't have to ask me no questions after about two or three weeks working, whatever I have you working on. That's how I feel. Yeah. And if I'm not doing that and I'm about to keep constantly checking in that I didn't do what I need to do properly. If you're not automatically sending me updates on, Hey, this is what I did this week. Then I'm failing because mm-hmm. I don't have time being, you know, as a business grows, you won't have time to do the smaller things that you thought maybe you like to do or that, you know, you need to lose your time more wisely and do other things. Absolutely. No, that makes sense. Micromanagement, in my opinion, in my experience, micromanagement is usually the result of a lack of trust between Girl. the employer mm-hmm. and their employees and, mm-hmm. or, you know, staff or contractors, whatever mm-hmm. they are, is a lack of trust a lack of trust in themselves that they've taught them well. And then mm-hmm. a lack of trust in the person that they're giving this task to, that they're going to do it mm-hmm. to the best of their ability and recognizing that people are not going to do things exactly the way right. that you do them. Exactly. But, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to put hopefully their best foot forward and they're going to do it as, as proficiently mm-hmm. as they can because they believe in the brand. You know, they believe exactly. in what it is that you're creating and they have a sense of ownership. That was one thing that I learned, like you said, speaking mm-hmm. about other jobs that I've had, one of the biggest lessons that I took away from one of the biggest companies that I worked for was that even though I was employee number 115,000, I Mm -hmm. felt a sense of ownership because Mm -hmm. of the way that I was groomed, you know, because Mm -hmm. of the way that I was trained and because I believed Mm -hmm. at the time in the vision of the brand. So if you think about one of the 
well, the business that you're most passionate about, the one that you're putting all your energy and effort into right now, what is your big vision for that brand, for that business? Uh, Thrive Health Lab would be the one that we're talking about. Yes. Uh, yes. Ooh, the vision is so big. And I that's <laughs> where I have to sometimes take a step back and like be gentle to myself and be like one step at a time. Lenny see, you're not going to have world domination in one day. <laughs> um, but it's not really more about world domination. Really my big vision for Thrive Health Lab is to be able to meet people in my community um, where they are and educate them, empower them, um, give them the tools that I was lucky to have growing up and giving them to them for a little or nothing. Um, my big vision is, you know, I'll have my home camp in the community I grew up in, which is View Park, Bowen Hills, Windsor Hills area, but to have little small thrives out and about like the majors be specialties like a thrive kids thrive mm. athletes thrive yoga uh thrive kickback i don't know what it looks like i have this big vision but also bringing thrive to where it's needed so not only will we have storefronts mm -hmm. but we'll have if we need to go into a corporate setting and teach people how to thrive in life mm -hmm. we'll be there if we need to go into a school setting and teach the school how to thrive in life whether it's the students or the staff we'll be there and basically just bringing the whole thriving mentality to the community, to the world, to everybody. Mm. Um, and it, it looks different in a lot of different ways. There's a, a different partnerships I will, you know, would love to do. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons why I wanted to open a gym three years ago mm -hmm. uh, was, you know, um, I live in a very affluent African-American neighborhood, but we literally live you know, right next door to, I guess, what people consider the hood, but I don't consider it the hood. It's my people. I love them. Right. Uh, but it's a food desert. It's also a desert when it comes to amenities and what you can get there. So I literally used to have to drive 20 to 30 minutes to get a class that I wanted to take or partake in. Then I had to look for parking, pay $10 for parking. Then I get into the class and guess what? Nobody in the class looked like me. So I'm taking a bar class with these women that don't look like me. And they're trying to tell me, oh, you know, tuck your tailbone in, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, this, I used to dance and this, I know I'm actually in the right form. This is called a butt. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but there's um, no amount I, of tucking that's going to make There's that no more tucking away. I can do. And just feeling like mm. I'm a part of something where they're not looking at me when I came in the door, like, well, who is this? You know right, what I mean? Like, right. and bringing that to, so I don't have to drive. Now I literally have a five minute drive to work. And I, I have it. a lot of uh, clients who drive, walk, bike um, to the to the gym. Mm -hmm. And um, so the big vision is just really helping helping our community with their mindset. Um, other communities have it down packed and we just don't. I and agree. Just, and um, trying to figure and um, being able to come from that standpoint, like, yo, I'm you. I come from where you come from. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it. I'm not going to be super formal with you. I'm mm -hmm. going to keep it real with you. Um Versus having other people from different communities come in and speak to us and not relating or understanding where we're coming from or not knowing, like, I would love to eat healthy, but guess what? I don't even have those options in my grocery store. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. So now what? And what do I do? And it's expensive to eat healthy or it's expensive to do this or um, I can't afford your gym membership. And even like when we when um, a gym, our gym first opened, it was mm -hmm. even just changing that mindset. Like, okay, you can't afford our membership. But you have this new uh, 
Louis Vuitton bag? <laughs> Where are your priorities? Like either mm-hmm. either either you want to, you know, preserve your health and invest in yourself long term and you don't have to be on medication mm-hmm. or you just want to do it for the gram. You choose, but I'm gonna be here when you're ready and I'm right. not gonna force you to do it. Right. So no, that's beautiful. I was actually um it's such a trip. I guess this is just how the universe set up my schedule today. I've recorded <laughs> a podcast earlier today with someone who is also um, what I consider to be like a wellness practitioner or a person who provides wellness services. And they're also in the South LA, which I guess is what they're calling it now, but South Los Angeles area, basically down the street from view park. Um, But one of the things that she shared was that, you know, exactly the same thing that the intention is to be able to create accessibility for Mm -hmm. these programs for Mm -hmm. fitness you know centers gyms wellness centers Mm -hmm. yoga studios etc etc to really just provide education because you're right Mm -hmm. the things that are happening in these neighborhoods and that are happening in los angeles right now is others are coming in to try Mm -hmm. to bring in certain services but they're bringing Mm -hmm. them in with the intention of changing us like you said tucking that booty in that just won't tuck (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so to be able to have the spaces, like, for lack of a better term, that are for us, by us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's so mm-hmm, important. Mm-hmm. And not to the exclusion of anybody else, white people are mm-hmm. great. We love them. Um, mm-hmm. It's also important for those spaces to be created so that people mm-hmm. who walk in don't automatically feel like all eyes are on them or they're mm-hmm. the one who's standing out and not standing mm-hmm. out in a positive way. But mm-hmm. to know that the people that are providing these education, these educational experiences, providing these services for them are coming from a place of camaraderie. Like I'm with you, sister. We come from <laughs> the same place. I understand. Right. Like I went right. to, I grew up at the same church right. or my parents went to the same grocery store mm-hmm. or whatever it is. People are going to respond to it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that's really powerful mm-hmm. about, your vision and to yes globally dominate which i think is beautiful because we got to start somewhere shit you know like if we're really going to change the direction for black people in particular we have to Mm -hmm. start with showing each other and really sharing these gifts with each other in a way that is like you said keeping it real making it simple not super formal not speaking Mm -hmm. a language that's above where they are not trying to change them but to really just come like meet people where they are Because I think that if you meet people where they are, you get Mm -hmm. to be a part of their journey as they get to where they're Mm -hmm. going, you know, Mm -hmm. but and not making them feel like, oh, you don't know what a macro is, you know, like what's wrong with you. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately that can turn people off, you know, and and I think if the thing that's driving you is coming from a a genuine place of I really want to help people basically Mm -hmm. thrive. Mm -hmm. I want people to thrive. I don't want them to just get by. I don't mm-hmm. want them to just survive. I want them mm-hmm. to thrive. I want them to thrive. Thrive in every area of their life, mentally, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually. And this is what I'm about. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's powerful. And I think that coming from the lineage of women that you shared, aunts, mothers, you know, great grandmothers who were business owners, who were entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. is huge because a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of young girls that might be, you know, sitting in a classroom right now at 12, 13 years old, don't mm-hmm. have the example of that. But if they mm-hmm. look to you as an mm-hmm. example, then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, she like me. She okay. as, a, as you get older, you, you realize what it is that you really want to spend time in yep. and what's important to you. So like I have been bringing people on, the, on my team now to like, hey, can you just focus on business partnerships because I just don't have the time and but it's like I have to carve out time and you have to figure out as your business grows 
how are you growing? What are you doing? Is it really important for you to do X, Y, and Z? For example, I'll give a real life situation. So I currently do the books for my gym, Mm -hmm. but I do want to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I'm able to do the books right now is because I was able to delegate other tasks. Time for a break, time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. I will. I will also say one thing too with uh, with meeting people where you are, where they are. Mm-hmm. You also, especially being a black woman entrepreneur, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You have to stand your ground. Yes, you so do. So there's some things that you'll be like, okay, cool, I'll work with you, but I can't work with you here. So for that, like one of the resolutions we came up with at Thrive recently was to create community classes that are just donation based like Mm -hmm. look sister I hear that you really want to try yoga but you can't afford my drop-in rate that's fine we have the drop-in yoga that's free donation only if you can only afford a penny bring a penny if you can't afford nothing you Mm. just need to release you come and release and then we'll get you there and we'll well as long as uh, how do I put this without sounding like a crazy woman (laughs) as long as I can get my claws into them and start like teaching them like, hey, I know you can't afford it now, but why can't you afford it? Let's mm-hmm. sit down, look at your budget. Let's mm-hmm. figure out where it is that you're missing something. Like, and I, and you're just getting something and you, you realize that you did something that you couldn't do before. That's more fulfilling than getting somebody a 10 pound weight loss for me. But that's absolutely, you know, that's, no, that's real. <laughs> that's real. Because ultimately it's, it's, and I, yes, getting your claws, cancer, yep, claw, I'm going to get them in, damn it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you if you right. want me to or not. I'm if you want me to, you. but I'm also not going to force you. Like, right. I also am right. very, very cognizant of like when I feel like people, because, you know, not everybody is ready. Right. And that, I understand that I wasn't ready when I first did try to do some weight loss or I wasn't first ready when I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Hence why I tried a different thing to be an entrepreneur. And now mm-hmm. I'm here. Yeah. It's just you, you have to be ready and just be kind to yourself and knowing to stand your ground, when to say yes, when to say no. Um, and, you know, just helping change the mindset. I, I Unfortunately, in our community, um, it is a mindset thing. Just everything that is a limitation on us as a community, um, it, it stem, I think it stems from slavery and things like that. But it, it's a mindset that was bred into us that we have to break. And if mm. I can't be that agent of change to try to break that mindset, and don't get me wrong, I don't wake up feeling glorious every morning. Sometimes I wake up defeated, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I, I, I don't want to, I can't, how can I pour into somebody and I can't even pour into myself right now, right. but just giving people that hope and giving people that encouragement to just be like, look, we just have to get through this together and we have to change our mindset. What we thought was okay and what we thought that we couldn't do, that was just what we thought. That's not, we don't have limitations. We can do what we want to do. Um, and I will say there's sometimes I wake up and I feel defeated and I don't want to go to work, but I never regret it because as soon as I go in, um, going back to tying into having people in your circle that have a strong faith base, I have some clients and I don't even know if they're strong with a faith base or anything, but 
they don't know it, but sometimes they encourage me with one mm-hmm. little sentence. It could be mm-hmm. one sentence they come in, and I'll be like, I'm glad I came in today. Yes. I'm glad, I'm glad it makes somebody suffer for me today because sometimes, you know, you have to be careful of what energy you give out and, you know, pour in. And if I'm feeling like I'm having a bad day, I sometimes don't want to pour that energy to any of my clients. Mm-hmm. But it never fails. As soon as I walk into that space, mm-hmm. I, I, something in me just changes. And I'll be like, oh, okay, I'm actually feeling good. And I, I always feel better leaving my place of business than when I walked in. That's beautiful. That's really yeah. powerful because it's so easy to lose sight of your mm-hmm. why. Um, especially I was, I interviewed somebody like last week and, um, she's in the startup stages of entrepreneurship and, um, she actually has been in business, uh, I'd say maybe for like a year and a half, almost two years. And as we were going through the conversation, I was asking her, you know, like, what's your why? Like, what drives you? What drives you? What drives you? And part of the conversation kept leading back to the money. I want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy. And so I was like fighting the urge to coach her, but I can't fight it. So I was basically saying, if your why is rooted in material wealth, Mm -hmm. that will never sustain you. It will never Mm -hmm. sustain you because you can never have enough money. You can always Mm -hmm. get more. There's always Mm -hmm. more money. I could always use more Mm -hmm. money. But when you're being driven by something that's deeper than that, something that really Mm -hmm. makes you feel good. And Mm -hmm. if feeling good is what you experience when you leave your place of business, then that gets to be the thing that drives you. It's almost Mm -hmm. like you're going after that feeling each day. Like, oh, I don't feel like getting out of this bed today. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that once I do, you know, I'm going to feel better. I have a feeling that once Mm -hmm. I show up, I'm going to feel better. So um. I'm not going to keep you all day because I know I could, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to move into, this is what I like to call my complete the sentence, uh, section of the podcast. So okay. I'm going to start some phrases off for you and you finish them however you see fit. So the first stripping, stri- <laughs> no, okay. I jumped it's again. Like mad I jumped again. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first one is if I could teach the world one lesson, what would that lesson be? Gosh, I didn't know these were going to be hard. <laughs> okay, get, can you repeat the question, please? Yes, I'll, I'll <laughs> give it to you again. If I could teach the world one lesson, that lesson would be? Uh, oh, my God. If I could teach the world one lesson, that lesson would be... Be kind and compassionate. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I am happiest when? I'm with my family. Mm. Yeah. I want my legacy to look like. Is this the part I say stripping? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> I want my legacy to look like. I want I want to have generational wealth. Is that how I can I answer it that way? Yes, no? you can. No. Yes, okay. you can. That like that is really my goal, and I know I'm just the beginning. Um, I do feel like that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't I don't I like maybe three generations down, then I really will have it. I feel like I'm going to be the start of the generational wealth. I feel that way too. Like literally, so, no bullshit. I feel that way too. I have moments when I'm like. I'm going to break the cycle. Yeah. I'm going to be the one that shifts. I'm going to mm-hmm. be the great, 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 you know, grandmother where they're like, uh-huh. great, great grandma Keyshawn back in 2020. Yeah. And, honestly, and yep. 
honestly, I don't think it started with me. Like, I, I, I think mm. it started really, mm-hmm. like, probably with my great-grandmother, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's just mm-hmm. been trickling down generation to generation, and we just keep getting better and smarter. Like, I have this running joke with my little cousins. And like, if they're in college and they're like, oh, I graduate on this day, I said, that's great. But please know, I'm not coming to your graduation unless you have a rope or medal or something around your neck saying that you have honor. No, I literally yeah. tell every cousin this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not coming to drive. I'm not flying. If I don't come and you have some accolades and they're mm-hmm. like, whatever. But I kid you not, every which one of my cousins has some kind of rope or medal around that neck when I come to the graduation. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Because you got to plant the seeds now. Yeah. You have to plant if the I, seeds if I, if I, if I, I I want my little cousins to do better than me. And honey, they are thriving, okay? Like, I sometimes they're like, oh, we look up to you. And I'm like, I look up to you because I don't know how you have two masters and you're under 25 hey. and then you have your own business and then you also are helping me or then you have, you're working in cybersecurity, like, and you're mm. married. I don't understand how you have all this, but I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm happy you, you're doing better than me. And that's all that matters. Like for me, if the mm-hmm. younger generations in my family and my friends are not doing better than me, then we failed. Right. Exactly. No, <laughs> I completely agree. And that's, and it's cool when you get to, when you get to, when you're around to be able to witness that. And when you're around mm-hmm. to be able to see, like I, I planted that seed or I nurtured mm-hmm. that seed and I'm actually seeing it seeing it thrive so (laughs) um my next one for you is what does freedom mean to you Mm. freedom to me is being not feeling guilty for doing what I want to do when I want to do it I like that. So my last question, well, my last two questions really, um, is how did you show yourself love today? <laughs> um, what did I do today? Oh, I, I got my car washed today. Okay. Uh, and that to me is love because I took time to like, don't get me wrong, I did do it where time is money. So while he was washing my car, I was in the house getting my things together for today. <laughs> but um, I haven't had a car wash in a while. And mm. when I was younger, when I was in high school, I was like, I've always had my car washed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm going to have a maid. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at my car the other day. My birthday is coming up in a few days. And I was like, my car looks like trash. I need to get it washed. <laughs> so for me, that was important because I was a little bit of a self-care. Oh, yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Um, if there is one word that when you hear it and when you say it brings you joy, what is that word? One word? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Can I get another? I, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a trigger word. I don't, I've, is that bad? I don't have a trigger word. No, it's not bad. Um, I don't. If you think of when you, I know like sometimes there's a phrase, it could be a scripture, it could be a song lyric that when I hear it, it brings, it just gets me out of my funk. It gets me back um, focused. It gets I can me- do the beat for you. Okay. It goes, um, how's it go? Um, I hope I do it right. Dun, 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 dun. Girl, you working with some, and then, uh, and it was that juvenile song. Back yes. Back? <laughs> yes. That stirs something in my soul. I, I think it reminds that. me of all the fun times in high school. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when you hear that beat, you just start smiling like, ooh, it's 
my song. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That. You're the first one that gave me a song. See? Yeah, no, that is that is it. That's I it. it. I love it. Okay. I butchered the beat, but when that beat drops, you be like, oh hey. yeah. You put down a computer, you get ready for your your for your dance off, and you see how old you got because you're 30 seconds into the song, you're like, I am winded. <laughs> I need to take a nap. I need a break. I need some water. I need a break. I need some water. Oh my God. I love it. So the way that I like to wrap out uh, these episodes is um, with a little a little message. I use Oracle uh, card decks each day to kind of give me a good a good vibe, a good mantra for the day, or sometimes just to get me out of a funk. And this particular deck is called the Oracle of E and it's by um, Pam Grout and Colette Baron Reed. I like it because it's very, it's very, you know, non-denominational, non-traditional, but it is a deck of 52 cards. So what I need from you is to just select a number between one and 52. Um, well, Saturday's coming up, my birthday, so the 13th. There we go. Hey, happy early birthday. Cancer uh, season uh, continues. Okay. There we go. There we go. See, there it is. <laughs> okay. So for number 13, the message is entangled. You would probably call what's about to happen synchronicity or maybe even coincidence. Au contraire. The big truth is you are already connected to everything and everyone. Quantum physics has its own name for it, entanglement. The reason it appears that all ducks are lining up on your behalf right now is because you're finally paying attention. Let the games begin. May the odds be forever in your favor. May the odds be forever in your favor. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This was so dope, girl. Technology was trying to mess with us, but whatever. The message still came through. Oh, my goodness. I'm just... I'm so grateful that you were able to create this time in your, I'm certain, busy schedule to be able to carve out this time to be able to have a conversation with me. I know for sure that I got some nuggets and just another burst of inspiration to keep pushing and to keep moving forward. I guarantee whoever hears this message is going to be inspired to take a step you know, to step outside their comfort zone, to be able to pick up something that maybe they put down and forgot about a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I see so much power in you. I see so much possibility in you and so much prosperity in you. And I just can't wait to see it all unfold. I'm just glad I get to be a compassionate witness and watch from the sidelines as you continue to thrive. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. have a choice of hundreds of podcasts and I appreciate you for choosing this one. Please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review this podcast. If you like what you've heard, check out my first book, Because I Said So, Simple Ways to Rewrite Your Story, available on Amazon. Stay connected on social media. Find me at Keyshawn Rains. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to something different and experience something new. Peace and blessings. Namaste.